You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Dave Berry, and I think it's fair to say that I am fascinated by my next door neighbor. His name is Neil Srinivasan, and he is a leading cardiologist. During our time as friends, I've become more and more curious about his work and I've often been left with more questions about the medical profession than I have had answers. And in The Doctor Next Door, I'll be asking Neil the burning questions that keep me up at night, dissecting medical myths under his very watchful eye and doing my utmost to learn more about an industry that is quite literally a matter of life and death. But this podcast is also about giving you a chance to say that Neil is my doctor next door also. So you can get in touch with your questions or stories anytime you like at doctoratnextdoorpod.com. Oh, hang on a second. That must be the doctor now. Hey, Neil. Hi, David. Good to see you. And so we come to an end. Yeah. The last episode for now of the doctor next door. When you would finish a term at medical school, because mm-hmm. my medical training has been a big part of this, yeah. and I know it's probably got a lot to do with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I've come up with a few formats in my time. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Would you like go and like study off-piste, or would you just co- totally run wild? What would you do when you finished the term at medical so, school? End of medical school was like the best time ever, right? So you would be doing exams, and when the exams are over, you're done. But the frustrating thing was always the exams were in the really good time of year. They'd be like May, June, July sort of time. And the other frustrating thing is when you lived in halls or you lived in you know, an area where all the students live, all the other students would have finished their exams ages ago. They'd be having the best of time, partying, having fun, you know, living their best life. And you'd be looking out the window going, here I am studying the anatomy of the foot again for tomorrow's exam with my Red Bull and looking down like this and going, I wish I was you, I wish I was you. And then that day came, yeah, the last exam. Okay. And you could see the faces on everybody when they're queuing up. They just like don't care about this exam anymore. Yeah. They're just like, I want to get out. I remember one was on when the World Cup was on and we almost missed in one of the England games or something. Everybody was just wondering what the England game was and what the score was, then what the exam was going on. It's like that. But when you're done, it's the best feeling ever. There's this freedom experience, and everybody goes and, goes and does their thing, goes wild. But then the best bit is you've got these three months off, normally. Three months off? Yeah, we had this big period off. I remember it very well. Probably something like at least July, August, and some of September. And so most of us would have planned some adventures. You never get that kind of time again in your life. You work really hard. For most of us, it was time to sh- shut off. There were a few keen people, they'll go and do some residency in Harvard and that sort of thing. 
That's what we want to book for the next series yeah. of Doctor Next Door, whoever that person one was. Of those, <laughs> one of those losers. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of us were travelling the world. So I went to see all sorts of places. I spent three months in Africa, ten- Tanzania, Kenya, wow. Borneo, wow. lots of India, North India, South India, United States, all sorts. Just wanted to see the world. Um, well, it is the final episode of this season of The Doctor Next Door, and I believe we've got quite an episode in store. So, Neil, it is our last episode of the series, and I'm not stupid. I've heard the hushed voices. I've seen you and producer Jack sneaking off for your private conversations. I know what we did in episode 10, and I know what we're going to do again today. So, tell everybody listening what's about to go down. So, David, that's absolutely right. We do have something secret planned for you today. You remember that in episode 10, I gave you a B-plus as a sort of midterm exam, Mm. and to see exactly if you've been paying attention in our weekly chats. So, as it's the end of the series, I thought it was only right that we update your grade and find out if you pass your first year of medical school. Wow. So far, we've done 24 quizzes. Wow. And you've answered... They say time flies when you're doing a medical quiz. Exactly. (laughs) They lied. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. 24 quizzes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. You've answered... Yeah. 51.5... Don't forget your half, half point. Don't forget your half mark point. Yeah, <laughs> out of eighty-one, yeah. which gives you sixty-three percent. Oh, that is good. That is a pass in medical school. I am very happy with that. Yeah, right. I'm off to the Borneo jungle for three months. No, we're not yet finished. Oh, oh. We've got a special quiz for you today. Okay. Nine questions, David. Wow. Yeah. Today's quiz consists of three rounds. Round one is a multiple choice, and it's all about doctors. So three questions, multiple choice, all about doctors. Okay. Round two is your favourite type of question, true or false. Love them. And round three will be questions about some of the topics we've discussed over the past 25 episodes in the podcast. But there'll be no multiple choice to help you. How are you feeling about that, David? I'm feeling nervous. Mm. I'm... Do you feel ready? I feel ready. 63% has given me some confidence. Good. I'm pleased to hear that so far. Mm-hmm. I like that I've got 51 and a half out of 81, yeah. those little half points I fought hard for. Yeah. Are starting to add up a Made little some bit. Help. So um, yeah. I suppose I am ready, yeah. yeah. And at the end of all of this, I'll give you your full grade for the end of the first year. Good luck, every single one of us. So your first question is... In which century did doctors first start wearing white coats? Oh. Tough one. Was it A, the 18th century? Was it B, the 19th century? Was it C, the 20th century? I remember the episode we talked about the shorter sleeves mm. and they're like the vending machine where you get your, your kit out of it. And then there were, before that, there was like a laundry person. You just That's chuck right. all your stuff in. Remember all the best stuff, didn't you? Remember all of that. <laughs> okay, I've got, I've got my answer. I've got my answer. Okay, good. Question two. In 1995, Bala Murali Krishna Ambati was officially recognised in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's youngest doctor. But what was his age? Okay, go on. Was it A, 16... B, 17, or C, 18? 
doctor of what is one thing I want to know. <laughs> Good question. Okay. All right. Got it. Question three. How long does it take to become a doctor in the UK? Is it A, four years, B, five years, C, six years? I thought it was like 25 episodes of a podcast. <laughs> It's shocking news to me. I've got so long to go. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I've, I've got that one down. I've got that one down. Okay. Okay. Ready for round two? Yeah. So round two is your favourite one. True or false? Mm -hmm. Okay. Question one. True or false? The brain is the fattiest part of the human body. Tough one. <laughs> There's been some incredible noises that I've made over the series <laughs> of this podcast, Neil. Um, okay. 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 Question two, true or false? It is impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. Impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. True or false? Okay, got it. Question three, true or false? A man's heartbeat is slightly faster than a woman's heartbeat. Oh, these are really tough. Yeah, tough. This is meant to be round two, our favourite round. Mm. But at least you've got 50-50 chance. Well, I've, I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I know I technically I have, but... You don't want to think too much when it's 50-50. Okay. Just go with your gut and what sounds most obvious. Okay, dear subscribers, we're moving into our final round of this epic, epic edition of my medical training. What okay. have you got for round three? So round three, final round, the burning questions, they're open-ended, three of them, okay? Question one. In episode 14, we discussed whether it was possible to drink too much water. But can you tell me, on average, what percentage of the human body is water? <laughs> Look on your face. <laughs> well, there's no options. No, yeah, what? Not out of 100? Okay, okay. I, 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 can, I can already feel the argument over the I half could, point I coming. I can see the one. half point. You can point. see it coming That's as well, can't you? Is that why you <laughs> Okay, I've put something down. I've All put right. something down. Question two. Jeez. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question two. <laughs> In episode 11, we spoke about the incredible work people like Florence Nightingale, Harold Gillies and Archibald Mackindo did during the times of war and conflict and how their work affected modern-day medicine. Mm. So can you tell me the name of the medical instrument that was named after Archibald Mackindo that I still use in my work today. Oh, I can't, I, I can't. I remember you talking about it because that was your big thing. Because mm. it was, you were saying that Mikindo was just do, doing it because he needs must, but actually he struck up on something that's still used to this day in modern medicine. Absolutely. It'll come to you. Keep thinking. Oh, come on, brain. <laughs> was many episodes ago. Yeah, but do you know what? I'm just gonna. I've... Okay, go on. Give All right. Me, give me the final one. Okay. Question three. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I meant to be talking right? beat, This right? <laughs> Question three. Yeah. In episode 16, we talked about why we get sleepy after eating. What was the name of the chemical that is found in foods such as turkey and cheese that contributes to the sleepy feeling after a big meal? Okay, so we've had nine questions Tough. on the final episode of this series of The Doctor Next Door. Neil is going to be taking us through all the answers next. 
after this, which is a podcast brought to you by our producers that I know you're going to love. Ever yearned for the perfect pub to reveal itself from some unexpected alley? Well, The Moon Underwater is the podcast for you. Join me, John Robbins, and the lovely Robin Allender Hi. as we help a special guest create their dream pub. From the drinks behind the bar to the music on the jukebox, The Moon Underwater is whatever you want it to be. So, if you would like to join us in Desire's beating heart, search The Moon Underwater. Or maybe The Moon Underwater will search for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome back to the final episode of this run of The Doctor Next Door. Before the break, Dr. Neil had a mammoth medical training session for us all. Nine questions in total, broken down into three different rounds. And it is time to get the answers and ultimately discover whether I have, over the first series of The Doctor Next Door, passed my medical training. Neil, take it away. Okay. So round one was a best of three. And your first question was, in which century did doctors first start wearing white coats? And the options were A, 18th century, B, 19th century, C, 20th century. I've gone for B, 19th century. You started strong. End of year exam. Good one. How do you remember that? I remember that thing because, as I said, I, I remember feeling that it was a kind of almost a bit of a bullying culture that, that people were made to wear. More junior doctors were forced to wear shorter sleeves. Mm-hmm. But then I like the fact that actually became an advantage to junior doctors because it meant that more senior doctors were dealing with someone who was unwell with something, catching parts of the illness on their sleeves and then moving it onto the patient in the next bed. Yeah. And therefore the sleeves were better off shorter yeah. and therefore the junior doctors kind of had the last laugh. Yeah. And more importantly, the patients. So you remember that episode well. Yeah. Absolutely. So it began in the 19th century. And as you say, doctors have been wearing white coats for over 100 years, though we, we talked about how it's kind of stopped now. And it was part of the transition into modern medicine when they started doing that, because we talked previously about, you know, fundamentally, you know, you weren't trained, there was no qualification, there were lots of quackery going on and, you know, magic potions and stuff. So that transition into a more scientific specialty, as part of that, they decided to wear scientific white lab coats in the 19th century. Okay, lovely, that's a point. Okay. 
Question two. In 1995, Bala Murli Krishna Ambati was officially recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's youngest doctor. But what was his age? Was he A, 16? Was he B, 17? Or was he C, 18? I'm just going to flip it, change it. I'm just going to change it. I'm using that tactic. I'm going for A, 16. <sighs> what did you have before? B, 17. Yeah, that was the right answer. Oh, no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, 17. He's an Indian American ophthalmologist, educator, and researcher, eye wow. doctor. Bravo. And uh, in May the 19th, 1995, he entered the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know how he did it as the world's youngest doctor. That means he must have started medical school really young. Well, which the answer to. Which leads us very yeah. nicely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's trying to get the answer. Anything <laughs> yeah. to cheat. And how long before his 17th <laughs> birthday was that, Neil? <laughs> you can see that coming. <laughs> All right. Question three. How long does it take to become a doctor in the UK? Was it A, four years? Was it B, five years? Or was it C, six years? I've gone for C, six years. Not quite, David. It took me six years. Okay. I'm hanging out with the wrong doctor again, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get that other guy. Why did I move to this house? Yeah, where's Bala Murley again? Yeah, exactly. He was bright. How many years is it? It takes five years on average, okay? So there's very different ways in which medical school is completed. I'm talking about completion in medical school, because once you finish medical school, you're officially a doctor. Mm. But there is a period of pre-registration training before you're fully registered. There's a period of post-registration training before you become a specialist. But medical school itself can last four years if you are a mature graduate and you go through a fast-track medical school program. On average, the sort of most people who go into medical school, it's five years. Medical school has almost always been five years. Some people, such as myself and other people, they take an extra year. So in the middle of my medical school, I also did a Bachelor of Science degree in physiology because I was interested in altitude and circulation and how the heart rate changes and those kind of things. So I took an extra year and did a sort of science type degree to further my knowledge and then completed medical school. So here's the thing. Here we go. I have to base my answer on the person who has been conducting my medical training mm -hmm. over the past 20-odd episodes of The Doctor Next Door Season 1. And therefore, you're the one who has told me how long you spent at medical school. Yeah. And therefore, the answer C, six years, is the correct answer. I knew answer. this was coming. That's why I set them up. I'm taking so, half a point. I knew he was going to go for half a point. I'm taking half a point. <laughs> I'm taking one and a half points to round one. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> they all add up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> round two. Round two. Uh, we've got three true or false questions for you here today. So question one, true or false? The brain is the fattiest part of the human body. True or false? I've gone for false. It's true. 60% oh. of the human oh. brain is made of fat, and that okay. makes it the fattiest organ. There's also lots of fatty acids and things inside the brain which are crucial for its work. Okay, okay. Question two, oh. true or false? It is impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. False. He's right. Did you change your answer? No. Okay, no, very good. I didn't. I, yeah. We, did, we touched on this in a previous episode, didn't Absolutely. we? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, sneezing is an autonomic uh, reflex, so it's just a reflex you can't really control. And most of the time, actually, as part of that, it's very difficult to keep your eyes open. You end up shutting your eyes as part of it. But if you really concentrate, and you can override that reflex, so you can keep your eyes open and sneeze if you're 
driving or something like that, right? right it's possible. Okay. So nothing's ever impossible. So one point. Very good. Okay. And then we're going to question three, true or false. A man's heartbeat is slightly faster than a woman's heartbeat. True Gone for or false. false. He's got it right again. Yes. This 50-50 stuff has really saved his medical career. <laughs> <laughs> you're, okay, you're two absolutely, points. You're absolutely right. The average male heart rate is around 70 to 72 beats per minute. The average female heart rate is about 78 to 82 beats per minute. And this difference is largely accounted for by the size of the heart. So typically, female hearts are a little bit smaller than male hearts, and therefore they have to beat a bit faster to get the same amount of blood around the body. Okay, so I got two out of three in round two, and we move on to the final round, where it was just open-ended. Open-ended. Free-for-all. Free-for-all. Nightmare. Nightmare. End-of-term nightmare. Yeah, he's going to fight for every half point he can find. I'm looking out the window at the other students having the time of their lives yeah. now, and I am in, living in abject misery. With your alcohol-free beer. <laughs> exactly. Painful. All right. Oh yeah, you can see the end in sight, right? Exactly. Yeah. Summer holiday's coming. Final round. Burning question quiz. Here we go. All right. Question one. In episode 14, we discussed whether it was possible to drink too much water. But can you tell me, on average, what percentage of the human body is water? I mean, I've gone for 70%. Close. 60%. Very good. Not bad. I think it's 70% of the planet is oceans. Could be, yeah. That's maybe where you got mixed up. <laughs> watching, okay, so, watching David Attenborough again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no... I, I don't get anything for that. No. Okay. Because I know that... I, I don't think this is going to go very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm it's sure tough, right? that moment that every yeah. trainee doctor has yeah. in his or her life. Yeah, you life. do actually sometimes. You have this exam and think, Oh, no. I didn't study this topic. No. At all. Yeah. That happened to me, actually. And it was, you look at the percentages of, of stuff that's covered, and you think that, that subject's never going to come up. It's only worth 2%. And then, like, more than 2% of the exam is that topic, and mm. you think, oh, no. I mean, I'm looking at the answers I put for round three here, and I shouldn't be allowed near other humans, <laughs> 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 let okay. alone to cure them. Uh, okay, what was okay. question two? Question two. All right. Oh, this one's going to bug me forever. In episode 11, yeah. we spoke about the incredible work people like Florence Nightingale, Harold Gillies and Archibald McKindo did during the times of war and conflict and how their work affected modern medicine. Can you tell me what the name of the medical instrument that was named after Archibald McKindo that I still use at work today is? I, the, I can't. I, I, I honestly can't. I, I, I've, put, I, I've put splint. <laughs> Not bad. Begins with an S. What is it? Scissors. Mckindo scissors. scissors, yeah. The Mckindo scissors. Remember to dissect. Yeah, I do. A little curve on it. Ah. Oh. Okay. And I only put splint because I wanted to put something. I knew it wasn't that. Ah. Oh. Did you call it Mckindo splint? No, I just. They, we were talking about splints in that episode, though, weren't we? Yeah. But so, so the Mckindo scissors mm. invented on yeah. for war and conflict and still used for by you surgeons. today. Exactly. I mean, he was a plastic surgeon who dealt with so much disfigurement mm. pilots spitfire pilots burns falling out of the sky and quite disfigured and he decided i need a new instrument to help reconstruct their face incredible and we still use it today for some of the surgical work we do 
Um, of course, I will say as well that there have been so many fascinating episodes of The Doctor Next Door so far. If you have missed any, then they're all available for you to go and check out. And that was from episode 11, which was a, which was a fascinating episode. And I feel like I've let myself down. Okay. I hate that. And I know that I, I don't have the answer for this next one either. <laughs> all right. But it's not about me. It's about where you are out there and what you're doing at this moment in time. Go ahead. Okay, question three. In episode 16, we talked about why we get sleepy mm. after eating. What is the name of the chemical found in foods such as turkey and cheese that contributes to the sleepy feeling after a big meal? Again, I know this one, but I do. I remember us talking about it, but I've just put snore dopamine. Not bad. Dopamine's a good one, but I don't think it's right. It's tryptophan. Yeah, of course it is. Tough one. Oh, my goodness. So I've got zero. Yeah, that was a really hard bit. So in round one, I got one and a half points. In round two, I got two out of three. And in the final round, I got zero, which is an all-time low when it mattered most. Neil, I know you're going to do the final tally for my medical school training. Yeah. It's coming next. And so, Dr. Neil Shunivesen, one of the world's leading cardiologists, has totted up the final scores on my medical training on the final episode of the Doctor Next Door of this series. How have I done? Well, David, over the past 26 episodes, we've done 90 questions, yeah? And your score was 55 out of 90. Ah. Mm, okay. That gives you 61%, which is... Say it. Say it. A pass. Yeah! A B, in Woo! fact. Very good. Oh, I'll take a pass and I'll certainly take a B. Thank you very much, the Doctor, for being so patient with me. Very good. For taking me through all of those questions from the, frankly, so open-ended world of medicine <laughs> that I really have struggled at times. But it has been, in every sense of the word, an education. So thank you. And also, thank you to you guys. As you're fully aware, this is the last episode of The Doctor Next Door of the current run. I would like to thank my friend, neighbour and co-host, Neil Shunivesen. Thanks for all of your time and everything, Neil. Thanks, Dave. I mean, for me, this it's is kind a great... of a little bit part of the world of what I do, but you are a genuinely um, busy person changing and saving lives and you've always carved out some time to come and do this and I know that myself and those that subscribe to it are really are grateful so thank you thank you it's been a joy uh, we will be back soon please do rate review and subscribe from wherever you usually get your podcasts if you ever miss an episode then they all live on for you to go and enjoy and if you know a doctor nurse or medical professional who you think might like what you've just heard then do let them know about us and so for the final time this series Get out of my house. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 